morning, everybody. We are going to present for you and with you a very special song that's called Down to the River to Pray. You'll see in your bulletin, I have asked Glory to put in a quote. This is not the lyric of the song. This is my, our, the word of the Lord to you. Sing to God and praise his name. And we're going to ask you to sing with us this morning on this really great song that a lot of you know from a movie. The Down to the River Pray is, um, it goes, as I go down to the river to pray, studying about the good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown, good Lord, show me the way. Jean and I will sing the first verse about sisters. I have little visual aids. The second verse, you say brothers, so I have a little B, okay? And then it's fathers, mothers, and the last one is sinners, because this is a little bit old school Bible, we're all sinners. Now, I'm going to ask everybody clergy included, to a little bit, everybody stand up to join us. When we sing together, we, uh, it releases endorphins, it fires up neurons in our brains that are otherwise not fired up, it strengthens the right side of your brain, and in patients with dementia and Parkinson's, it actually helps to override some speech challenges. So I'd like everybody to stand, please, to sing together. This is great. I can see how excited you're all to sing. And if you frequently, if singing the hymns and is not part of your daily uh, ex expertise, which I observe frequently from right back there, put that aside because this is an opportunity to fire up some extra neurons in your brain that you don't normally have. Now, there's a scientist quoted in Time, no, in Time magazine talking about how singing changes your brain. And they said this, group singing is cheaper than therapy healthier than drinking, and certainly a lot more fun than going to work out. So here's your special bonus for today. Jean and I will sing the first verse, and then we'll let you know when the gentleman will help you come in on the second verse. And the second verse is going to be the brothers verse. Brothers, fathers, mothers, and sinners. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, sisters, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, sisters, let's go down, down to the river to pray. Now it's your turn. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Sing it out. Oh, others, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Come on, brothers, let's go down down to the river to pray. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. Oh, fathers, let's go down, let's go down, come on down. Oh, fathers, let's go down, down to the river to pray. Come on now, by now you know what you can sing. As I went down to the river to pray, studying about that good old way, and who shall wear the starry crown? Good Lord, show me the way. This is the mother. 
today's scripture. Our reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7, 12 through 13, and 27. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in every one. To each of us is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free. And we were all made to think of one Spirit. Now you are the body of Christ, individually members of it. This is God's word for God's people.
a joy for me to, to be here and, and to be a part of this community and to, to worship with you with uh, the great musical support we have and uh, the excitement and, and good fellowship that's a part of, of our group. It's, it's just a blessing. I hope you recognize what a, what a great blessing it is. So I think other people would appreciate the blessing of this place. And, and so um, having a a series of sermons on uh, what's up with people not coming to church. Or maybe I said the other way is what might be some of the great added values that come to people's lives by coming to church? And is there a way that we can share that with folk who are not here? I hope there is. I hope that though the church is being marginalized in our society that we present recognize what great value the church has for us in our lives and that we can find the words and the language to share with our neighbors and our friends to encourage them to see if it might also be a, an added value in their life. See, even using the word added value, we don't do that, do we, when we talk about church for ourselves. We're here to worship God. We're here to get um, empowered to go and serve God in the community. Those who aren't here might consider coming if there was some kind of added value to their life that they would receive by being present. So I use that word um, purposefully today, thinking about those who are outside the doors and what we might be able to say as we're reminded of why we're inside the doors. So Meredith is a graduate of USC, and since they win more than lose, although not last night, um, I've taken them on, and I go, fight on, to people as we pass in the roads, and they do that back to me. And I feel like I'm part of something. I'm part of the, what is it, the Trojan nation? Yeah, so much better than other options that uh, some people in the choir <laughs> seem to belong to. Um, they're like little bears or something, I think. <laughs> We're Trojans. I can put the hat on the dashboard of the car and people will pass by and go, honk, honk, like that. It, there's something to being a part of something, and you, and you see it in college football a, a great deal. I'll confess that uh, Illinois, which is my alma mater, 
uh, doesn't win that many football games. But I learned, to my great joy, that the Big Ten is rated as the best football conference in the nation this year. So I, I take pride in that. <laughs> yeah. Anytime anybody can be better than the SEC, I think is uh, great. So I'm being a little silly, you know, but uh, being a part of something is not silly. Uh, we seek it out. We find one way or another to be a part of something. And maybe we do it in, in silly ways or maybe we do it in, in very serious ways. Um, but the point is that we, we do it. You remember Cheers and Seinfeld and Friends and uh, Third Rock. I mean, they're all so many shows, though the activities may be uh, directed this way or that way, they really are about people connecting with people and feeling at home with one another. Feeling like somebody knows your name, like, like you can be with them and they understand who you are. Um, that they sympathize with you when things don't go right or they uh, celebrate with you as if it was their own triumph when something goes well in your own life. We hunger for, for that kind of connection. And it is because we are not solitary creatures. We, we are creatures created by God to be in relationship with one another. Now, some of us are better able to be independent or by ourselves than than others, but at bottom, there's almost an innate drive which uh, motivates us into relationship or into connection with one another. As, Ken, as Kenan Callahan wrote about this, he notices that there are three particular drives, forces that are, that are pushing us towards community, particularly with the way our society has developed over these last uh, 50 or so years. One of them is roots. And it's his idea that we all, we all search for, for heritage, for a sense of, of history. Uh, we need this to help us hold things together amid the, uh, what he calls the cultural apocalypticism that is a part of our culture. We seek community we seek some certainty that comes from having a sense of rootage. He writes about place, saying that we, we search for a spatial or a, uh, a territorial location, a place where we can be, a place that, that we call home, amid all the social dislocation that is a part of our society. We seek to be from some place, we seek to have a place where we can stand and, and be. He also writes that there's a, a search for family and for friends amid the, the psychological dislocation that is a part of our society. We seek a sense of belonging, a connection to one another, a bonded relationships, connections that weave us together with one another and hold uh, steady and tight during particularly times of trial. He writes that we just naturally need one another. And through our connecting with one another, 
We get a sense of past. We get a sense of location. We get a sense of belonging. We get a sense of community. Now, some of us pursue community in, in uh, silly, fun ways, like I was talking about with the sports. I, I have a memory of uh, being at an airport as I was doing some traveling, and um, some people came into the, uh, the gate area dressed up like the, uh, the icon image of their football team. And these were, these were three middle-aged men. And I don't know if they were lawyers, doctors, teachers, construction. I don't know what they were in their real life, but they were so um, impassioned to be a part of something that they actually dressed up to look like, you know, like the, I don't know, the pirate, I think it was, for the buccaneers or something. They, they were dressed up to ride on the plane to get to the town where the game was going to be. They, they couldn't even wait to change in the hotel room when they got there. They were dressed up for the ride there, too. They, they belonged. They were a part of something, and, and by God, they were going to celebrate it. You know, we find community in, in silly ways like that. Sometimes we do it in, in uh, healthy ways, like being part of a book club or a, a service club or a diet or exercise group. Sometimes we, we seek out community in, in negative ways. You know, becoming a part of the Aryan nation or, or being part of a racial gang. These are not constructive things for ourselves or for our community. Religiously grounded hate groups or politically grounded militias. You know, when we're seeking community, we need to seek communities in ways that are healthy to us, uplifting of ourselves being a child of God, and ways that are healthy rather than destructive for the community. So community as a goal in itself is, is not exactly what we're speaking about today. We're speaking about a particular kind of community that strengthens us for the kind of life we're called to have as a child of God. So it's interesting when you spend a little time in the scriptures and you look about what happened to people due to Jesus' life, death, and then resurrection, you see transformed lives. You see people who have become something new, been born anew into a type of person, into a type of life, and when you look closely at that and you hear the witness of Scripture, you realize that they felt to become fully that, they needed to be in relationship with other people who had that same common experience of rebirth. You read Acts and you don't hear the witness made that they were transformed and then went home and hung out by themselves. It doesn't say that. It says they had that experience and they got together with others who had that experience and they met and they sang together, they ate together, they listened to scripture, they read scripture and, and studied it together. Faith was a community activity. 
not an individual activity. And the being strengthened in that faith was something that we did, we early Christians, together with one another. We read about, um, you heard read this morning from Paul, how his understanding was that through our belief in Christ, our gathering together with one another, we became the ongoing manifestation of the body of Christ through time. And that God gifted each one of us through that experience of faith to to bring something to the table, to the group, to the community, our gifts, and to benefit from the others around us who brought different gifts to the community. And we had those gifts and we shared those gifts for the good of the whole, for the good of the body of Christ. Not to glorify ourselves, but to help spread God's glory to others. The Bible is clear that faith is a community activity, that we don't go it alone. And I would like to suggest that in our community, in the church as community, for as many times as we fail our calling to be the body of Christ and sometimes engage in behaviors that are um, inappropriate to some, inappropriate to calling ourselves a follower of Jesus, in leadership, in among laity, around the globe. Though we are flawed, we are faithful and try our best to become all that God would have us be. We help one one another out in that task of glorifying God, of worshiping God, of serving God, and of serving our neighbors as ourselves. Community helps to bind our wounds, helps to strengthen our spirit, helps to keep us on track to the greater good that we're supposed to be about, which is sharing God's light to an ever-increasing, darkening world. Are you with me? So, I'm thinking about an ascetic tale, which is just uh, fun to share, because it kind of of takes what I'm saying just a step further and and hopefully uh, hammers it home. So, the rabbi is with a group of his students, and uh, he asked them, well, how is it that we know... How can we determine the hour of dawn? How can we determine the hour of dawn? When night ends and day begins. And so one really sharp student, of course, you have one or two of them in a group like this, immediately, you know, choose me. And, And the rabbi says, yes. And the student says, I know when it is. It is when from a distance you can distinguish between a dog and a sheep. That's when dawn is. And the rabbi goes, no, no. Then, oh, me, 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 me. And 
this guy goes, well, it's when you can distinguish, it's when you can see the difference between an olive tree and a grapevine. And again, he's wrong too. And so they asked the rabbi, well, then you tell us, you tell us the answer. And the rabbi says, it is then when you can look into the face of another human being and you have enough light within you to recognize your brother and your sister. Until then, it is still night, and the darkness is still with us. Isn't that great? We want to be people of the light. We believers of Christ Jesus, we members of this congregation, we want to be people of the light, of grace and of love. We want to be faithful followers of Christ Jesus. And we become these kinds of people when we invest ourselves to one another, with one another, in the community of the spirit of the church, linking hearts and linking arms with one another, with people who are connected to God, with other people who are serving God and neighbor, becoming one with them in that task of loving, of loving, of caring, of spreading God's grace, helping the light to shine in the darkness. So one of the things Rachel and I uh, just celebrated about when we, we got here, I'll let you know it, it wasn't the 100 degree temperature. And it wasn't the purple rug. <laughs> Although many of you thought it would be. I know, I know, many of you thought it would be because how can you not love the purple rug, right? Um, but the big thing that got our attention was how much you cared for each other how there seemed to really be a sense of community here among you. And I know that you 10.30 crowd don't know the 8, eight o'clock crowd very well or the 9 o'clock crowd, um, and we should. We should do things that help us to connect to one another better. Um, our community would be stronger if we did. But truly, and from our perspective, we sense the strength of this community. And we know the good that it has done to so many of you to be a part of this community. And it's kind of for that reason that we share the challenge with you to not be selfish about it, to not keep it to yourself, to try to find ways, to try to find words, try to find points of conversation or connection that you can have with your neighbors and your friends that would invite them to sample God, to see how there's a more, an added value to their life that they can gain from being part of the community of the faithful at this church. So I know I shared a little bit about this Garrison Keillor's take on uh, United Methodists. I remember I, I 
something about the hymns that I shared a number of sermons ago. But this is the full text of, of what he writes about us Methodists. And I share it with you. I, did it get inserted in your bulletin? You have it? I share it with you because uh, this is you. Kind of. This is who we are and the kind of fun we have. And who doesn't want liturgically colored jello? <laughs> and who would not go to a church that had that? You know, if, if, if your neighbors just knew, they would come. They'd be flocking here. Liturgically correct colored jello. That's part of what he has a good joke at us Methodists about. There's other things. Enjoy reading it. Have some fun about it. Uh, but also, pause for a second and think about what a value you are to each other and what you can be as a value to others through this community. Amen.